So I hope that the kids among us enjoyed our, our introductory video. Oh, yes. It was a... Uh, oh, hello. Yeah, you're not on. I'm not on. Oh, there, there we, we go. go. Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, it was a funny video. It's uh, teaching about the, the greatest command. And um, we should know that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. We also should let you know that you're participating in a live taping of our podcast. Uh, we have a podcast called Zealous Conversations that we've been doing and loading onto uh, Spotify. And uh, today is a live, live recording. If you ever went to Nashville to the Grand Ole Opry, uh, they record that and that's going out on the radio simultaneously as a live show. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing here. This yeah. is like the Grand Ole Opry of yes. Crazy Springs. So you guys will be featured on our podcast when it comes out. So you can find our podcast on Spotify, and uh, Spotify is a free app for you that were standing a while ago. That's a thing on your phone. And uh, you listen to what is a podcast is like a radio show, okay? Don't be confused by the term podcast. It really is just a radio show. But you can listen to it on your phone or on your computer or something like that. Yeah. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be filming here and uh, uploading. But we're going to be talking about the greatest commandment, which you can find in Matthew. I mean, not Matthew. well, it's also in Matthew. Uh, we're looking at Mark since we're going through the Mark series. Um, so we'll look at that, that scripture and uh, just, I'm going to be kind of like interviewing and asking questions and kind of putting some, some thought into, uh, you know, the text and how we can apply it to our lives. Right. So let's read the text and get it in the record here. We've, we've been going through Mark on Sunday mornings. And uh, today we arrive at Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34, which our finger puppets have uh, already acquaint, acquainted you with. Uh, I thought that was a very handy video yeah. to have it available. The, nailed it. Right. Scratch the itch. You know, I mean, you come up with everything you can, <laughs> hands and fingers. Okay. The Bible says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? If you remember... Previously, we've been talking about all the questions Jesus answered, and they would come up and say, uh, should we pay taxes to Caesar, and whose wife will she be in the resurrection? And so now another one poses a question. Say, hmm, Jesus has given some pretty good answers, so he says, of all the commandments, which is the most important. Yeah. And uh, so Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So what does it mean to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Well, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to try to discuss what it means to do each one of these things individually, and we're going to talk about um, the next part to loving your neighbor, and we're going to look at the guy who's, who says it, and Jesus says, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. So what does it look like to love the Lord your God with all your heart? What comes to your mind when you... Well, when you think heart, you're thinking about emotions. Emotions. You're thinking about... Because there's uh, a separation in, those, in that time. Your, your, your soul and your heart, they're, they're listed differently. It's not one thing. So when they, when they speak about your heart, they're speaking about your emotions and your feelings. To them, heart is also the center of your will. Uh, when they, when the, the people of Jesus' day would talk about feeling something, they would talk about feeling it in their stomach, uh, their guts. And they called the whole thing their heart. You know, they didn't really know about particularly this, this one little, this, this organ is the heart. They talked about it, your guts, your, your whole so love the emotions. love with all my guts. With all my guts. It's not quite as elegant <laughs> no. to say guts, you okay. know. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Emotions. We do that in worship, uh, prayer, uh, dependency. Where do I go to get uh, emotional strength? Do I get that from a human partner or do I get emotional strength from God? That, that's the kinds of things, I think. Yeah. So kind of thinking in my generation and my fellow classmates and even kids I'm teaching and those younger, where do we look for our, you know, emotional well-being? We look to it in in friends. We look to it in uh, a lot of social media. I mean, just the influence that social media has on the lives of, of, you know, kids nowadays is is so great. Uh, One of the most, one of our recent podcasts, uh, I spoke about how um, it's like a new job. People want to grow up and become uh, YouTube influencers they want to become youtube stars it's a job you can get paid through video uh, you know recording yourself making videos and uh, the the word of getting likes yeah getting likes i'm liked i must be emotionally healthy because i'm liked by 1.7 million people yeah and that makes me something youtube removed the dislike button off of videos because we don't like it was damaging people yeah so you can you can only like videos now or just choose not to press anything but we, we, we strive to be a person or a people that is liked. Uh, it's just what, what our heart yearns for, to be, to be uh, emotionally well by the affirmations of, of those around us and those we yeah. can influence. So the commandment would say, you know, center that desire on God. Uh, show God that you love him by, by bringing him all of, that, yeah. all of that part of yourself. Exactly. So love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul. What is all your soul? Well, the soul is your uh, moral center, and, and it's the essence of life. Uh, all of us have been to funerals, unfortunately, and have seen the body in the casket. Uh, uh, as a pastor, I'm present a lot of times at places where somebody has just passed away. We've got all kind of euphemisms for it, going to the other side, you know, cross crossed over, this sort of thing, and you see clearly that that's just a body laying there now. There's no animating presence. Mm. Well, that, that animating presence is the soul. The most central part of my creation is my soul. God gave us, uh, we can say spirit or soul, 
And that is the place where we most desperately need to know him and be refreshed by him and be made new by him. Uh, it's a soul decision for me to accept Christ as my Savior. And where I struggle with morality and where I struggle with uh, my uh, human existence and God's presence, I receive and I'm conscious of all that in my soul. Hmm. So our soul is really the only thing that goes to meet God. We don't get to take our, our you know, body fat or our calories. Our guts, our guts don't anything. have to go and meet Our him souls someday. are right. what's really the most important to know Jesus because that's what he takes with him to heaven. Um, so we want to make sure that our souls, that we love our, the Lord our God with all of our soul, um, being that our, our whole will of living, the whole reason, the whole purpose that we live is to love the Lord our God with our entire being, with our, with our soul, you know, our essence of life. The reason, the purpose I live is to glorify and live for God. So loving the Lord your God with all of your soul, not part of your soul, not a piece, not even most of it, loving the Lord your God with all, the entirety of your soul. Well, and the breakdown of heart, mind, soul, and strength is useful to us. We can... We can spend time evaluating that, but really in uh, the thought of the first century and, and even I think today, it would be very difficult for any of us to separate ourselves and say, I am a heart, I am a mind, I am a soul, and I am a body. We don't relate to ourselves that way. When I look at my hands, that's me. When I think, that's me. When I feel, that's me. We are a whole. So really, when Jesus has loved the Lord your God, when, when God gave the command in Deuteronomy through Moses, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, it is a way for us to focus on the most important word. The most important word and the greatest commandment in Scripture is not love, in my opinion. In my opinion, the most important word is the word that, that is said four times. The emphasis is on a word four times. What word is that? All. All. God is saying to us in, in every way he can, love me with everything you got. I am everything. I am your all. Your heart, mind, soul, and strength uh, is all mine all the time. We have the idea that, no, I'm holding this part back from God. I only give God 10%. It's possible for me to give him just a little bit and keep some for myself. All of that is within us. It's within our human reasoning and our self-understanding and that sort of thing. You're either all with him or not. There's not a bunch of steps. We, we belong to God and are his people or we are not, or we are in rebellion, and we do not belong. This, this, and in the soul is the place where that's most clearly obvious. When Jesus came into my life, he redeemed my soul. So my soul became you, his. You said something, and I kind of want to talk about it. You said uh, you have to either be all with him or you're not. We don't want to um, hear that. It's very uncomfortable. It makes us wiggle. Can you be all with him and still make mistakes? Sure. Does that mean, oh, I guess I'm not all with him. This is because I'm struggling with my humanity, my flesh. We haven't said strength yet, but my flesh is involved. The hardest thing to do in all the world is to love God with all of your flesh, 
We are physical beings. When Jesus came and, and was revealed to us, he was revealed as a physical being. Uh, the sacrifice that he made on the cross occurred to his physical self. We talk about the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. That was not a spiritual thing as much as it was a physical thing. God created this physical world and he wants us to live in the physical world and he redeems the physical world through the body of Christ, which was a physical experience. The lust of the flesh that the Bible talks about is me taking care of me, being comfortable, being uh, full in my belly, having a rich sex life. All of these things are physical appetites. And this is where the war is. That's the, the biggest single challenge. Self-satisfaction. Yeah. Just, um, just wanting things your way that make you happy. We got like live your truth, you chase your dreams, you know, mm. love is love, do whatever you want, as long, so long as it makes you happy. And that's the kind of, you know, satisfying and gratifying the flesh that you're talking about. And how strong that message is today. You know, live for yourself. Become aware of who you are, you know. Yeah, we, we say you do you. That's, that is so exactly opposite to that book. This book tells me who I am, mm -hmm. and who I am is a sinner and a rebel against God. And if I delve all the way down into who I am, what I'm going to find is that I hate God and I'm against the truth. One of the weirdest things that I had heard was like, why do we sin? And I was like, well, why do we sin? Well, the reason we sin, why we sin is because we love it. And it's like, well, I don't love sin. Well, your body loves it. Yeah, that's why you sin. You continue to sin because your body loves sin. But your heart might not, your soul might not, and your mind fights it. But your body, your strength, your, your physical self loves sin. And that's why we do it. And that was so like, man. I, oh, yeah. I hate sin. How could I? No. What do you mean I love sin? Well, I guess. No, sin's fun. Sin's easy. Sin makes me fit in with all my friends and neighbors. And uh, when I don't sin and when I'm struggling against sin, that's when I'm a weirdo. And uh, Bill was like, what's the matter with you? Why don't you do these things that we do? Uh, and a lot of that is flesh, is satisfying the urges of my flesh. Uh, Paul says, I discipline my body. I don't give my body everything it thinks it needs for the sake of Christ so that I can know Christ. So I think probably of the four things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength the body is probably where the struggle is greatest the mind would be next so what does that look like well what am i thinking struggle. about what am i thinking about all day mm -hmm. am i thinking about myself all day am i thinking about if i'm a man am i thinking about sex all day all the time mm -hmm. and if i'm uh, 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 thinking about what i can do to get somebody back if i'm thinking about what hurts Revenge. somebody has done to me if you know plotting and scheme all of that is mental activity the bible says we should meditate on the word of god mm -hmm. that he he is satisfying to me intellectually is something that's kind of a discovery to lots of young people they think to be a christian you can't have a brain you can't study the sciences uh because to god is just faith god is just this puffy cloud of faith and you really can't take your brain there. But what's great is that God's not afraid of our 
puny little brains. All of the science that you ever are going to discover in all of time was science that God built. Yeah. You know. He, he founded He everything. founded science. When yeah. we discovered the table of elements, God could have been standing in heaven and saying, it's about time. You know. You missed a few. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me add a few of these to you. You know, we, we split an atom and said, oh, look what we did. And God said, I, I did that uh, eight billion years ago in eternity. Uh, I already knew about splitting <laughs> atoms, you know. Yeah. It's uh, our, our whole mental self can be thrown onto Christ. And it will finally, we'll finally engage at the level that we're supposed to. I think kind of that's what heaven is when my brain wakes up. The day I walk into heaven, my brain's going to wake up in ways it's never been awake down here. It's, it's having the kingdom mindset on earth. Kingdom mindset, good word. Having the kingdom mindset, what can I do to help my neighbor? What can I do to help, you know, my wife? What can I do to help um, those around me at my job or my friends who are struggling with things? Uh, having that kingdom mindset, what can I do to point them to Jesus through my actions? And pondering and thinking about those things. Having go on, that go mentality. on uh, uh, moving through the scripture, go to his reply. His reply is very unique. This is the only time in all four Gospels that Jesus ever said anything nice about one of the teachers of the law. This guy's unique. This guy gets a button or something. Hey, Jesus, like me, he gave me a thumbs up, you know. Because all the rest of the time, Jesus was condemning them and trying to straighten them out and trying to show them the truth. But this guy says, well said, teacher. It is important that I love God with all my being and, and to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus said, you know what? You're almost there. You, you're not far. Not far is where I, where I want to end up on this. I want us to end with not far. I think that's important. But look at his reply and realize that in Jesus affirming him, we, we, we find some texts that might have been in this teacher of the law's mind. He knows the Old Testament. Okay. And in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel is reproving Saul. You, you said this to me this week, where, where Samuel's gone to, and Saul had to wait, and Saul couldn't wait, and he sacrificed instead. And he says to Samuel, hey, I, you know, I did the sacrifices to God. What else do you want? And Samuel says back to Saul. This is, I want your obedience more than sacrifice. Yeah, that verse is 1 Samuel 15, 22. What is more pleasing to God? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Mm. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. And then later, prophet Hosea Chapter 6, verse 6 said precisely the same thing. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to want me more than burnt offerings. So that guy who's questioning Jesus would be a defender of the religious system of taking your sacrifice to the temple on the right day and it being the right kind of animal and burning it on the altar and giving it to God. It's okay, I made this great thing. I gave this sacrifice to God. Now I can go live however I want to. Now I can go off for the next six months and live to please my flesh and put my mind on revenge and you know feel all my hateful emotions and do life as I want to, but it's okay as long as I go back to the temple in the six months and put another offering on the sacrifice on the on the altar and burn it up. And God said, "No, no, that was never it. Never from the very beginning. It was never about the sacrifice on the altar. It was about you loving me. Mm -hmm. 
and obeying me. How do we know that we love God? We obey God. So this guy's like, I understand that I have to love the Lord my God with all my heart. He says, I kind of got a glimpse. I know what I have to do. Like, I, I get it. it. It makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. You've spoken truth. Um, I know it's important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. Um, but it's the putting it into practice. It makes me think of uh, Star Wars. You guys watch Star Wars? There's a, a scene where Kylo Ren says, I know what I have to do. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. I remember that scene. And it kind of I makes, like Star Wars. It makes me think of this guy. He's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. I understand the law. I, under, I understand these, what you're saying is the greatest commandment. But it's just, it's just putting that into practice. Okay, here's a future podcast. Star Wars and the Bible. May the force be with you. And how many times they they overlap. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, That would only be for a certain amount of us nerds who like Star Wars. The Christmas special, Star Wars and the Bible. (laughs) I don't know how that's Christmas. So this guy is like, I know what I have to do, but how how do I apply that? And maybe some of us are in that same position where we read the Bible, but we understand we understand what God is asking. But sometimes we just don't have the strength to to put into practice. Um, you know, these, these things that he's asking of us or sometimes maybe we do sometimes and then other days we fall short and then we're back at it again. We're on the, tra- we're on the track and then we fall off. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's a struggle. Walking with Jesus is a struggle. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're probably not walking with right. the right. Yeah, you're probably not doing it right. And uh, I think of Paul, one of my, my favorite chapters, one of my favorite books, one of my favorite chapters is Paul when he's writing in, in chapter 7, when he says, I know what is right. I want to do what is right, that but I... Romans chapter 7, yes. What did I say? You didn't say the book. Oh, Romans chapter yeah, 7. There you go. Yeah, chapter 7 of Romans, where Paul is saying, I know what I have to do. I know what is right, um, but my body just doesn't do it. And he says, um, I've hmm. discovered this... Uh, this truth that whenever I want to do what is right, I inevitably will, do what will is to wrong. to do it is not present. And he's, this, this whole chapter is him struggling with, I want to live for Jesus. I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my flesh, all my strength. And my, my mind, he says, my mind knows what is right, mm-hmm. but my body won't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. I'm, 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 it's there. The mental mm-hmm. battle is there. And that's what Romans 7 is about. And if you find yourself in that situation where you say, okay, I've heard the verse, I know the verse, to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength, and you're in that same boat where you can't, you're like, oh, I, I know it, but I don't do it. I know it, but I'm struggling. You're not alone. Paul himself went through that same thing, and you can read about his struggle and, and everything that, that came along with that in, in Romans 7, Romans 7, 8, 9. He'll, he'll explain to you, you know, what he's enduring, what he's going through in that process. What is the great transition in that text? The great transition is the breakover when he says, Oh, oh wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? That's, that's very much in our commitment. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We struggle in the area of the flesh. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Only Jesus can deliver me. Only Jesus. The only way you're ever going to be saved is come to the end, come to that realization that Paul wrote right there in the Bible, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me? Only Jesus can deliver you. That's right. 
So look at the second part of it. We've looked at the first, analyzed it real good. We're getting short on time. The second commandment is like the first, love your neighbor as, yourself. as you love yourself. Now, do you know in the book of Luke, this, the very next thing that Jesus does is expand their concept of neighbor. Because in this day, uh, in, in the teaching time where Jesus is alive, they had taken Leviticus 19, 18 and Leviticus 19, 33 and 34 to say specifically, these are the people I, get, I have to love. These are my neighbors. All the rest of them are Gentiles and they're lost forever and I don't have to care about them. I only have to care about, define for me. And do you remember in Luke chapter, uh, whatever it is, uh, all of a sudden the reference went out of my head, where the great commandment is in Luke, the guy says to him, well, uh, Jesus, uh, who is uh, my neighbor? Who am I supposed to love like that? Not everybody. I can't love everybody that way. Who is the one's... Who's my little circle? And Jesus blows him away by telling the story of the good Samaritan. You didn't have to love Samaritans. In that day, that's the most wicked, despised people in the world. And Jesus says, no, your circle's too small. Love your neighbor as yourself means love everybody like you love yourself. Love everybody. Don't make any lines. Don't make any racial line. Don't make any... Uh, and, and the deal about the Samaritan was that was a racial problem. Yeah. Cross that racial line and love them like that Samaritan loved that Jew. But no economic line, no cultural line, no language barrier. I'm supposed to love everybody like I love myself. Imagine the world. <laughs> if we could just do that. Just that alone would make this. How many times, how many, what wars would be fighting? We wouldn't be fighting wars. Who would be in want? Where would poverty be? Who would be hungry if we would just do these commands? What a world this is. It opens the door of possibility. And that's what heaven will be like. In yeah, heaven, we will be able to love everybody we see in that totality, in that way of, we just can't hardly figure it out down here. What a day that'll be. What a day that will be. Wow. Okay, last, last thing, wrapping it up. So you came close. I came close. That's the, the part. So this guy, Jesus says, all right, you, you know, you understand it. You're not far from the kingdom. Not far. I looked up the word in the Greek. Al makron. You are al makron. Al being not far. Makron being far. Al being not. Makron being far. Prefix. Yeah. Al makron. And makron is far. And in the Bible, it just means far. It's used when it says that the disciples' boat was not far from the edge of the of the sea of Galilee from the beach it was not far from the beach uh it says that uh another place that something is not far it just means spatially uh close rather than far but it is also used in acts 17 27 when paul is preaching to on mars hill and he says that god is not far from any of us same exact al macron it's the same deal some people think that god is so far away from me 
you know, God is way, way up there, and I'm way down here, and we can never get together. No, there's a construction here where Jesus says the two, these are two commandments. These are it. Love the Lord your God with all, 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 all you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy said, you know, that sounds right to me. And Jesus said, you're not far. You're not far. You're close. Turn your head. I, I had a, there was a pastor a long time ago named Dave Busby, and he was always doing this thing. He had these huge hands, and he would put his hand up, and he said, you'd be walking this way, going this way in life, and you'd turn to God, and you'd turn to see him, and you'd, you'd run into his face because God is right there. God is not far from us, and we are not far from him. There's one little step that everybody must take, and that is to believe in Jesus Christ, your Savior. Bam! The second you do that, you find that you were not far from God all along. Yeah, that's true. We never, he never leaves us. We're the ones that distance ourselves. We, we separate from him. We turn and face the other way and don't want to see him. And the truth is, you know, all we got to do is turn your head. Up. You bump his nose. You, you <laughs> bump right into him because he's not far from any of us. We're far from him, and he's not far from us. And Jesus said, if you're, getting, if you're getting this mentally, teacher of the law, if you're getting this mentally, you're very close. Now believe in me. The next thing would have been for that guy to believe that Jesus was Messiah. We don't have any idea if he did. We do know some of the scribes and Pharisees did believe. We're told that specifically. And that caused a great division within the Jewish religion of the day. We don't know if one of them was this guy. I hope I kind of like to think one of them was this guy. That'd be good. That he got there. So Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14, classic text. If you look, look for, for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We all memorized it in the old King James. If you seek me, you'll find you me. will find me. When you, when you seek me, me with all we'll your heart. We did that for VBS. Yeah, we did that in VBS. That's right. I will, be, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortune. I will gather you out of the nations and I will bring you home again. Anytime a human being comes to Jesus, it's like coming home. Yeah, there's a cheer in heaven. Yeah, Rejoicing. because we're designed to be his. We're designed to be with him. And in sin, we rebel, and we don't follow him, and we break his commands. But if we'll turn, we'll bump into him, because he's right there. And it'll be like, I came home. I've arrived. That's right. So let's sign off with our podcast with this appeal. Come home to Jesus. Come home. Who can save us, O wretched man? Who can save me, O wretched man that I am? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Sign us off. This is Zealous Conversations podcast. I'm so glad you guys were here to witness and be part of this. Um, if you find yourself struggling with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, or all your strength, there's answers in the Bible, and there's a, it all points to Jesus. Trust in him. Trust in his word. You can't do it all by yourself, because if you could, Jesus would have died for nothing. Mm. Jesus is the answer. Trust in him. Obey. He wants your obedience more than your sacrifice. Mm. Love him. Serve him. Seek him. Have that kingdom mindset and put to death your old self, your, your life, your, your, your flesh, and be made a new creation.
in Christ. God bless you.